BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. I want you to look at the images on Coast to Coast AM that Glenn sent to us that Lexus posted right under Glenn Steckling's name. He's the director, copyright owner of the 60-year-old-plus George Adamski Foundation, one of the oldest enduring UFO organizations. Degreed veteran, 35-year airline pilot, retired, with more than 23,000 hours of flight time across the globe, also an amateur astronomer, author, lecturer, and he shares his own unique UFO experiences and history exceeding over half a century. Here he is back on Coast to Coast with the UFO reality. Glenn, always a pleasure having you on the show. Well, thank you, George. Good morning to you, and it's a pleasure to interact with you. The last time we saw each other, I believe, was June of 2019 when we did your show, Beyond Belief. That's right. I remember that. I'm still getting comments about you. Oh, well, good. Well, hopefully good ones, but either one, either way, we'll take them one way or the other. Explain to our incredible audience who George Adamski was. Well, he was considered one of the uh, pioneers of the early contactee movement. He had taken a number of UFO photos already starting in the uh, late 30s, early 40s uh, that he gave to the U.S. government and military, uh, and they became uh, more prevalent after the Second World War when he got himself uh, some um, new telescopic equipment and he mounted the camera on it and moved to the base of Mount Palomar, which is the home of the 200-inch Hale Observatory. And he started taking a number of photographs clear of these uh, bell-shaped and cigar-shaped UFOs. 
Uh, they mimed the same photographs that I uh, submitted to your producer that's also on my uh, photo page there from 1949, October, in which the astronomical staff took over a period of one week a number of UFO photos, uh, both uh, information and singularly. And this was all uh, submitted to Project Blue Book along with George's reports and photographs and what have you. So his experience has spanned for a number of about 20 years, and uh, he was uh, known for his books, Flying Saucers Have Landed, which he co-authored with Sir Desmond Leslie of uh, the Leslie uh, lineage in Ireland, the Royal Lineage in Ireland, and, uh, and then later Inside the Spaceships, and then his third book, uh, Flying Saucers Farewell, which we re-released as its uh, paperback title was done in the 1970s. We re-released it in 2015 with editions and photographs and called it Behind the Flying Saucer Mystery 2. So George was well known around the world. He took uh, two world tours, lectured, showed his films, unparalleled films taken in many different locations. And um, he uh, interacted with a number of heads of state President Eisenhower, President Kennedy, uh, and others, Queen Juliana, uh, Pope John Twenty-Third. So uh, you can really say that from the standpoint of UFO history, uh, nobody stands out uh, like George Adamski. What did people think of him at the time, Glenn? I think that he was very well received. We were in an era, of course, of, of space exploration. Uh, when we, the scientists uh, from Penamunda, from Germany, were taken to White Sands and uh, sequestered there for the rocket systems, and um, and uh, their people were were thinking about space, and of course, then in in '58 uh, when Sputnik went up, and then shortly thereafter, President Eisenhower created uh, NASA, and then people's minds were in space, and they were also, more importantly, uh, given enough factual, credible evidence. I mean, uh, as I said in, in the second half of my book, uh, one chapter talks about mass sightings because people always say, well, you know, how come they don't land on the White House yard or, or they're not seen more or, uh, or as lately the Israeli... Uh, uh, a spokesman who said, well, that they're hiding from us because they don't want us to panic. Uh, that's absolute nonsense. If you look at, uh, look at, let's just start in our own country of July 52. All the flying saucers taken, photographed in formation, flying through uh, Washington's airspace behind the Capitol building. We scrambled F-86s and uh, P-80 shooting stars in order to chase them down, and we got absolutely nowhere. Then you had mass sightings over uh, the United Kingdom in 1954, then Central Europe through France and Paris, and then November of 54 for one week, they were there every day performing aerial uh, maneuvers over Rome and the Vatican. And if you look, uh, I included it in the book as well, the pictures from Japan and from Russia. Great book, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. It, it took a number of years, and during my illness, I put it aside for two years and then finally kicked myself and said, let's get it finished and get it done because it needs to be out there. So I think that um, it's, it's important that 
people are, you know, especially the newer generations that are so addicted to the Internet, everything is is momentary flash. They have no concept of the history and the actual circumstances behind this UFO field. And since my family had met and worked alongside George and Amsky, became his personal friends and co-workers, we became exposed to these spaceships close and their and their pilots, their their space uh, visitors, and uh, and from there, as I said in the book, uh, we went to NASA and uh, to the Pentagon and the House of Lords and and all these institutions that treated this subject courteously and knowledgeably. They knew a lot of information about it already. And like Colonel Freeman said, when they looked at George's pictures and Dad's films, they said these are some of the best they've seen in civilian hands. Yeah, you got involved in this because of your father, didn't you? Well, yeah, the whole family. You know, my entire family, my father and mother and I, we witnessed a UFO over downtown D.C., not the first one. But this was in March of 63. There were 30 other witnesses and the reporter for the Washington Daily News, and it was in the newspaper the following day. And one of these bell-shaped scouts were hanging about uh, and maneuvering about 1,200 feet above central Washington, D.C. And then my father said, well, we've seen plenty of these things. And he had witnessed them as a kid, both my father and mother, during the war in Europe. So he went to the Library of Congress and started with A for Adamski. And there were the books. There were the photographs of the same things we had seen. And uh, my father wrote him, and George said, I'm coming to D.C. Uh, in a couple months, lecture to the Air Force Reserves. We'll meet then. And so from then, that's how the story, you know, uh, gathered uh, speed and accumulated. And uh, we were eventually the inheritors of all the Adamski estate materials and copyrights, and uh, we continued the foundation. My father passed away in 91. And I became uh, primary director, and my mother passed away in 2018, so all the legal uh, paperwork and copyrights and everything like that went from her to me. So I continue the work, and um, I find it very fulfilling, and um, I was very happy to put that book out. I think it gives people a realistic, rational view of the history that we experienced in this UFO field. And, um, my God, when I think about all the things that they did, my parents and myself, I mean, you, you really don't think about it accumulatively until you go back and start writing it down. And, um, and then you remember things you didn't include and what have you, but I think there's sufficient information in that book. And I think the second chapter, the reality check, uh, deals with the terrible dysfunction within the UFO community that is has evolved today. It's crazy these days. You should give your book to every member of Congress whenever they do these hearings, you know? Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I've done a number of shows. I did one in Scotland last week. I'll do one in the United Kingdom on Sunday. And I'm trying to work to get the book out in some multiple languages, depending on how the publishers are are agreeable to it. And... Um, like I said, it, um, considering what's out there, you know, I, I, I really don't uh, find the material that I release to the public any more astonishing than any of the other stuff that's being said. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Glenn, where did you get the pictures you sent to us that we have posted on the website? Yes, the pictures uh, on the website. Let me see here. Here, The first one, or, or rather the second one after the link to the UFO films on YouTube, the one that has the white mothership and the two scouts. This is a film my father took in 1966. He took two films, two very famous films, one of a fleet of uh, UFOs traveling in the train, from uh, Schifferstadt to Mannheim, and uh, that was shown on German national television. And this second film he took out of the porthole of, of the 707 as we were coming back from Europe, uh, and you could see the mothership and the two scouts there, and then as the film continues to run, uh, the image slowly moves and then moves underneath the number two engine, the number two nacelle, as we pass it by. So that came as a film frame from that film. Uh, the secondary picture of the scout that's a bit blurred. This was taken by George Adamski in 1952 at the uh, famous contact site in Desert Center. And uh, there's also, I recently put a uh, YouTube uh, composition on my uh, YouTube channel that has only Desert Center, how to get there, how it looks now, all of that. So it's, it's a pretty good preview 
uh, especially for people who are going to go to the uh, the UFO conference there in Joshua Tree. Uh, it's not too far away. The third picture is a lenticular uh, ship. Uh, the older ship is bell-shaped, like the previous photograph. And the newer ships now are lenticular-shaped. The bell-shaped craft before it is only good within the atmospheric realm of the uh, planet, so about 200 miles and lower. And it requires a cigar-shaped craft, very much like an aircraft carrier, to bring it to the planet. And then it uses the spell-shaped craft to go about its uh, exercises uh, within the planet's atmosphere. But this lenticular ship, this new ship, is, carries a crew of about three to five. And it can go from planet to planet and, and travel deep space without the necessity of the mothership. Have they and learned how to bend space and time, Glenn? Well, they don't have to. Uh, you know, bending space and time is nothing more than a theory. Right. And as I read uh, recently, the famous quotation that our scientists are now pushing upon the people, they say that, uh, uh, what do they say? They said, uh, theory becomes fact until we can prove it otherwise. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, it's science is supposed to be exactly the opposite. Yeah, so you're basically told to accept whatever they throw at you, and uh, if you haven't forgotten about it over time and they decide to come back to that issue, you know, you may get some further information. So, no, what they do is they travel at exceedingly high speeds because they replicate the conditions of the planet itself. You think about Earth, we travel through space at 1,000 miles an hour, rotate at 17,000, then the planet travels around the sun, the sun travels around its universe core. So to make a long story short, this entire system that we are living in is moving at about 1.3 million miles an hour. And yet we sit here perfectly comfortable without the slightest clue. And they have duplicated nature's principles because they work totally within the natural spectrum. There is no such thing as anti-gravity or anti-matter. They work pro-gravity. In fact, their system is called pro-gravitic. They work along with nature because nature produces so much power. The planet trillions upon trillions of uh, volts like a Van de Graaff generator. And so in order to go anti, you would have to produce enough power to nullify that to zero and then produce again that entire spectrum of power to create new. Well, that's double work. They think it's much easier just to work with nature and they can travel at twice the speed of light. And I've heard that their newer systems are even capable of doing faster than that. So the nearest uh, star system is four light years. So, you know, they may be able to do that in a week or two. So there's no need. We have become so enamorized with science fiction terms, uh, uh, parallel universes, other dimensions, time warp, uh, all these other things. This is, these are all figments of our growing and prosperous scientific sci-fi uh, sci industry but it doesn't have to do anything with actual potential Glenn, so, why do you why do you believe ufo history is being corrupted well because i think that if we look at it we see that there is a a very uh, concentrated effort to take current dogma and current uh thinking 
and try to push it back in history as far as possible so that people are willing to accept it. So, for instance, when people are talking now about Ezekiel, they say, well, Ezekiel, as it's written in the Bible, was taken on a ship for a ride. Well, the pro-abduction crowd loves to use that word taken. Right. Because that's supposed to indicate you went somewhere against your will. However, in Ezekiel, they never said that he was taken against his will. And it's, it's not any different than saying my neighbor took me to 7-Eleven to pick up a, you know, a six-pack of uh, Diet Pepsi. He didn't have to kidnap me to do it. And so the, the use of semantics is being manipulated, just like the term UAP. Why? UFO is well known, and it's become associated with extraterrestrial spacecraft. But if they can get the new generation to bite on this transition to UAP, then an entire new focus, an entire new definition can be rerouted and reconstructed in order to leave that past behind. And it's the definition they want, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so we see that that this re construction of of history i mean people talk about roswell and they talk about kenneth arnold well kenneth arnold was not the litmus test for the term flying saucer if you look it up in 1878 in denison texas there was a witness sighting in which they called it a flying saucer that term was used long before kenneth arnold's time and everybody makes a big deal out of roswell well as well they should but who talks about uh, the incident there, um, Cape Girardeau, in the Midwest of the United States in 1941? Right. And, of course, there are other uh, sites like that in Mexico and in Russia and all kinds of other places around the world. And so there's a, there's a very orchestrated funneling of information that they want you to have, and they can easily then diverge it by injecting other information that doesn't work, like the MJ-12 papers. Part of it has some credibility to it, but latter parts of it are clearly misrepresentation and false. But what a better way than to grab people, especially people in the UFO community who don't know any better, they like to say they do, but they haven't a clue, and so they start to support something, and then they, people follow them in that support, and then a whole genre of, of people begin to believe something that isn't true or has been corrupted. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.